Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Wrestle Rant Radio, Thursday, June 15th, 2023. Myself, Graham Giason Matthews, as always, being joined by the one, the only, the illustrious Mr. Marceau, coming up on a weekend where there is no wrestling, actually, aside from the premiere from Collision. I forgot about that, actually. We have the pay-per-view next weekend. We have Forbidden Door coming up next weekend, Money in the Bank after that, both of which I'm looking forward to. I was thinking we had a wrestling-free weekend this weekend, but no, we got the debut of Collision coming up on Saturday night in Chicago, which I am looking forward to, which we will preview coming up shortly here on the show. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? Doing well as always, kid. Well as always. Love to hear it. Well, we're primarily going to be talking Raw and Dynamite from this week. A very newsworthy Dynamite on Wednesday. Raw was fine, I thought. You know, being biased, I was there last week, but I thoroughly enjoyed Raw uh, last Monday night in Hartford. This week, not nearly as strong, but still a fairly solid show, setting up some stuff for Money in the Bank. We have pretty much everyone confirmed for the men's and women's Money in the Bank ladder matches. We talked about that last week. You know, everyone that we predicted would be in there is in there, as far as Bailey, EO, Santos, and Butch all qualifying last week on SmackDown. Um, this week... We found out on Raw that Damian Priest filled the final spot. We kind of figured it'd be Matt Riddle, which I forgot about until you brought it up last week. It's actually going to be Damian Priest. So let's start off with that. We kind of know everyone that's in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match as of right now. Um, I know Logan Paul's coming back next week. We'll talk about that momentarily. We talked about Logan Paul here on the show about a month or so ago as far as when he resigned with WWE because he had his final match in his contract back at Mania. Must have been a short deal, obviously, even though I thought he signed last summer. Um, but he re-signed, he's back, he's coming back to Raw next Monday, which we'll talk about soon enough. Um, he might be in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, I'm not completely ruling out that possibility quite yet. Um, but we do have Damian Priest in there, alongside Shinsuke Nakamura, Ricochet, and the other three people I mentioned, Santos Escobar, Butch, and L.A. Knight from SmackDown. Uh, my pick is remaining L.A. Knight, optimistically, cautiously optimistic, we'll see what happens there. But Damian Priest in the matchup is definitely intriguing given the current tension being teased within Judgment Day. We talked about it last week. I don't like the idea of Judgment Day switching, you know, altering that dynamic from what it is right now because I think they're really, really great as it is currently. Um, but a Damian babyface turn might be on the horizon. So your thoughts on what went down with Judgment Day on Monday night and that uh, we might be closer to a Judgment Day or, you know, break up, split, whatever, Damian Priest babyface turn, and Damian just being in the men's Money the Bank ladder match. No, I think I was a little bit surprised that he won. I think, like you said, I thought we had Riddle. I thought we thought Riddle was probably going to win, but, I mean, I don't mind Priest being there. Like you said, I feel like they are teasing some kind of babyface turn, I guess. Not that I'm overly – I kind of like the Judgment Day they are, so I don't really want them to break up. Uh, but, I mean, I know they teased – uh, J.D. McDonough as well, like him and Finn were talking in the back, um, so I guess we could get that as well, but no, I think Finn win- or Damien winning is like, I guess, a curveball, like I think before we thought it was most likely going to be L.A. Knight, I still think it'll be him, I think I'm a little bit more hesitant now than 
now that Priest is in it than I was before, but I think him adding is just another layer of, like I said, maybe a babyface run or just getting him kind of in the main title picture as well. So I like it. I, I like Damian. I think he's done well with this new kind of, like I said, it's not really like a turn, but like he is more babyface than the others, I guess you'd want to put it. But I think him adding to that match puts a new wrinkle that I think everyone was like, LA Knight wins, LOL. Mm-hmm. But if you have if you have Priest in there, it kind of puts a more of a skeptical, like, oh, maybe maybe Priest will win. So I like the addition. I, I mean, Riddle's kind of tied up with Lagunta right now. Glad he's not going in and winning it so you can cash in on him. Um, but I think Priest being added is a good, good, is a good move. So that's the thing. I think Damien deserves his just due, and him being in the match is great. Um, I like the fact he beat Riddle clean, too, at the Razor's Edge. Very good match. They always have quality chemistry, good stuff. Um, what I don't like is that if he wins, which is great, I, I would not be upset if you... I, I, honestly, looking at this lineup, I mean, would I be over the moon if, if Ricochet won? Probably not. I don't think he's going to win. Nakamura been there, done that. But the thing with every man in this match, they have never before been world champion. That has not been brought up quite a bit. I mentioned that on Twitter the other day, but I haven't seen a lot of people talking about it. None of these six men have ever been world champion. I think that might be a first in Money in the Bank history, even the first one. Chris Benoit was a former world champion. Kane was in the first one, a former world or WWE champion at that point. Um, there was one in 2013 with like fresh faces, oh, new generation, whatever. Fucking Jack Swagger was in there. He's a former world champion, or, you know, is, was, whatever. So... Again, I think this might be the first match in Money in the Bank history uh, out of the, what, 20, 30 installments of this ladder match, men's and women's, to have not featured a former world champion, which is great. I would still not have Damian Priest win because my worry is this, is that while Damian Priest does deserve to be at the main event level and he should be there at some point, a couple things. I think, as we've talked about before, not to beat a dead horse, Raw needs the heels. So I wouldn't split Damian off soon, but it looks like they're headed in that direction, maybe replacing with J.D. McDonough. We talked about that last week. The other worry I have is that if he were to win, if he were to go babyface, he might just cash in on on Gunter instead. He already lost to Rollins. I don't think he would lose to Rollins last week on Raw and then go back and cash in on him at some point, assuming Rollins is world champion by then, which he probably will be for the long term for the time being. Um, I just, I mentioned, you, you said it right there, I fucking hate the idea, this is not a new rule, I saw people saying, oh, it's a new rule, I mean, they were talking about this last year, just based on the cash in alone, I hate the idea that you can cash in the fucking briefcase on any championship, now, I know there was talk of that, fans were saying, oh, Otis might cash in on the tag titles a couple of years ago, which would have been even worse, um, I just think if you have the opportunity to challenge for a world championship, why wouldn't you? And the only reason why, I mean, I, I even thought the Austin Theory one was goofy. They attempted to explain it by having him say that Roman Reigns was never around and he's also unstoppable. And he also attempted on Roman a couple of times and it was thwarted. So it's like, all right, I'll take Rollins. He's the United States champion on Raw, whatever. There really is no reason with Rollins being on Raw every single week now. There really is no re- reason for Damian to not go after Seth Rollins or whoever the World Heavyweight Champion is at this time. I, I assume you're in agreement that whoever, even if it's LA Knight in the United States Championship, I just feel like that's a waste of a fucking briefcase. This match should be used to elevate people. I know LA Knight's never been in the mid-card title picture, not really all that much since he arrived in the main roster a year ago, but I just feel like it would be a waste to put LA Knight or Gunter, or not Gunter, rather Damien or anyone in that spot just to put him right back in the mid-card when they could be going for the World Championship. I 
couldn't agree anymore. I think they honestly, I feel like on Raw they were like hammering at home, like you can challenge anyone. I'm like, stop. Like it should, the whole point of it was they're like get a title match and face like for a championship that you normally wouldn't have. Like mm-hmm. that's like supposed to propel you to the main event scene or like at least in that light. And then them keep saying, oh, you can challenge it. Like I don't want someone win the cash in on a mid card belt. Like and they could just get it any like they could just get an opportunity for that anyways. I just think that logic is dumb. I mean, the last few, like I said, at least with Theory, like, he attempted a couple times, he coun't get it, whatever. He's, he at least had, like, something that, like, made sense. This is just stupid if that happens. I have seen people complaining, like, oh, like, there's no stars in this match. There's no main event guys. Like, we need more main, like, who gives a fuck who's in the match? They're not gonna, the court, like, oh, we need Drew in there. I mean, if he's not gonna win, who gives a fuck? Like, the whole point is that, like, these people are supposed to be elevated to then become a main eventer. It's not just put a main event guy in and make it sound better. Who cares? Like, mm-hmm. all six of these guys are not, having, like I said, haven't had a world title. They're all kind of, like, neat. Like, this is what I think the briefcase is meant for. Like, people that need the briefcase to then get elevated to that level. I mean, Priest has contended for the title. These other guys haven't even sniffed it. So, I mean, I think, I mean, I guess Ricochet got squashed by Brock in, like, two seconds. But, <laughs> I mean, I think this is like what I envisioned the briefcase. I mean, that's what it kind of initially was. It was like guys that weren't normally getting title shots. Like this was like their moment and to finally break into the main event scene. And then if they won, then their run would kind of sink or swim their kind of eventual push. But I mean, people saying, Oh, we need, we need more stars in it. It's just stupid. Like, Oh, we need Ray Mysterio. And like, no, we don't. No. We don't need Ray in it. Stop. No, no, I agree. I agree. I think the match will be great as it is. It should be a great match just based on their, uh, based on who's in their, alone. Um, I don't think they'll add anyone. I hope they don't. We'll get to Logan Paul momentarily because I still feel like there's a chance there. But like Ricochet kind of fulfills what Ray would be doing in that match with the high-flying stuff. I don't agree just putting Ricochet in there just because he can thrive with the high-flying crap. That's like why Shelton was great, but Shelton never won the thing. He was never going to win the thing. After a certain point, it's like, all right, probably you should probably stop putting him in the match. It's like Kofi Kingston with the Royal Rumble. If he's in there 20 times and never wins a single fucking time, or sure, whatever he does in the match is impressive, but if he's never going to win, it's kind of just like, all right, you look like a loser for continuing to try and doing the same thing year after year and coming up with the same result. That's literally the definition of insanity. So, uh, Speaking of the fresh faces thing, I mean, I've said this before, I don't mind normally people will disagree, and you might even disagree, but with the Royal Rumble, I don't mind if they go with a former world champion on occasion. Like, Edge won a couple of years ago. Was that a fresh face? Fuck no. But at the same time, for me at the time, it made sense with the story they were telling. Um, you know, Batista winning for a second time was ridiculous and all these other people as well. But if it makes sense with the story, I'm fine with an established person winning the Royal Rumble. Um, like we had fresh faces this year. I mean, Rhea was a former women's champion, obviously, but still a relatively fresh face compared to fucking Charlotte or Becky or Bailey or something. Um, you know, I'm fine with that happening with the Rumble. I agree, though, I think with Money in the Bank primarily, that, yeah, you can give it to an established person, like with the women's, could you give it to Becky and tell the story that she hasn't been in the title picture for a year now, and this is her ticket back to the title picture? Yeah, but I just don't like that. Bailey, same thing. Like, I know her character perfectly fits what you would expect out of a Miss Money in the Bank, but at the same time, it's like, dude... And not only has she been champion, she's literally won the briefcase before. I just, I would rather they do something new, like you said, to give people an opportunity at a title they have either not contended for before or would not normally be seen at that level, which is why I'm still picking EO and LA Knight. And Zoe's also a possibility. Um, You know, I'm not 
completely confident in that, but I would I would be perfectly fine with her as a backup choice. I'd prefer her over Bailey or Becky, who I I both I like both of them a lot, but I just don't think they should win. So keep an eye on Damian. He could win the briefcase. Uh, I'm still hoping for LA Knight. I feel like they'd go nuts in London if they did, uh, if he did win the briefcase, but we'll find out coming up in a couple weeks. But speaking of the World Heavyweight Championship and Judgment Day developments on Raw, we got a couple of them. Um, every member was kind of busy doing something on the show, which is cool. Judgment Day are really carrying Raw right now. They are to Raw what the bloodline is to SmackDown. But we found out on Monday as well the World Heavyweight Championship match. I mean, two of them, actually. We're having uh, two before we even get to Money in the Bank. Poor Finn Balor. Finn Balor is not next in line for a World Heavyweight Championship opportunity, but he is getting the opportunity at Money in the Bank. Rollins is defending next week in an open challenge, which we'll talk about in a moment. And he's also defending against Braun Breaker before Money in the Bank on NXT, the Gold Rush show. I think it's next week? No, I think it's... Is it next week or is it in two weeks? I think it's next week. That's crazy. Okay, so he's defending think, on Monday. I think. I can, let me pull it up. All right, yeah, double check, but I'm pretty sure it's... Yeah, I, I when I tweeted about it, I think I think I had mentioned that he's defending on Monday and on Tuesday. I watched the show. Yeah, so. he's week one. It's him and Braun, Wesley and Tyler B., the tag, and Dana, Brooke, and Corey J. It's week one. Okay, yeah, then then Carmelo and Corbin is Ace, on week Corbin, two. Corbin, Stratton, Hale, Gallus, and TBD is week two. Okay, for the for the tag titles. All right, yep. yeah, they're doing the two-week gold rush stuff. Rollins and Breakers next week on Tuesday. He's also, also defending on Monday. Assuming he retains both times, which he will. Um, we're getting Rollins and Balor at, at Money in the Bank and kind of renewing that rivalry. I liked Balor's promo. I'm curious what your take on this was. I like the promo a lot from from Balor, the straightforward nature of it. He's brought up SummerSlam 2016 like a million times since it happened, but, you know, whatever. It makes sense. I like the story they're telling. I fucking hated the crowd nonsense. Now, I think Rollins... What'd you say? No, I I just laughed. Oh, yeah. I think the exact same thing. Okay, okay. So I'm glad we're on the same page here. And if if you weren't, that's fine too, but... Listen, I love Rollins. I think the the gimmick, we, we've talked about it. I thought it was time for a character change, and I, I still feel that way. But listen, if he's over in the role, whatever. I love the theme song. It's great to chant live, to a degree. But they just wouldn't stop. And I honestly blame Rollins and Balor as well. Maybe they were told by someone, maybe they got an edict from the cameraman who then told them, hey, keep it, like, let them keep going. Maybe it's not their fault entirely. I'm just assuming they were going off their instinct, and their instinct is, let the crowd chant what they want. Because normally they don't chant shit. I mean, usually the crowds are pretty quiet for these WWE shows. So I guess, pick your poison. Do you want them to be completely quiet or do you want them to not show any... Or do you want them to be completely obnoxious for most of it? They would not stop the chanting. And they tried pulling this shit on Tuesday's NXT as well. And Breaker didn't, like, turn the... Didn't didn't stop it, but he did by continuing to talk. He didn't stop talking. So by continuing to talk, they eventually stopped chanting because they got bored or whatever. Balor had to keep going. Like, he started and stopped maybe four or five times. Maybe I'm exaggerating. It was at least two or three. And I'm thinking, just just keep fucking going. Because they kept showing the crowd. They put it on camera. Rollins played it up a little bit. And he had to address it. You could tell it wasn't part of the segment. The segment went on for probably five minutes longer than it needed to. Or should have. Because they just wouldn't stop chanting. And I'm like, Balor's cutting probably one of the best promos of his entire career right now, because we don't normally see the side of Balor. And no one, not that no one eh, no one cared, but it was mostly due to the <laughs> it was due to the fact that they would just 
they were like, oh, well, we can get to him by continuing to chant. And Balor even referenced it at one point. He yep. was like, yeah, he, he brought it up and they just got louder. I'm like, dude, you, you're a wrestling veteran. Like, you know how this shit works. It's like the fucking watch hand. Like, you need to stop this shit cold, like, cold in its tracks right now. That just super annoyed me. And I, I guess you feel the same way. Yeah, it was extremely annoying. It was like we were watching. I, wa- I rewatched with my dad. And literally, like, Molly was in the room. She goes, that's so fucking annoying. I'm like, yeah, exactly. It was just to the point, like, I understand Rollins is going to pander a little bit. But, like, I wish he would just, like, I don't know, like, hey, like, let's hear what he has to say or something mm. like that. Like, you couldn't even, like, I thought Finn was saying good stuff, but I couldn't even really hear it because he just was, you couldn't even drown it out. Like, it just was not stopping. And like I said, I feel like I feel like I get it. Like it's the reaction. The character needs to go. I'm so over the fucking Seth freaking Rollins, the goofy outfits, the laugh. It's terrible. It's like it's it seems like PG. Honestly, I don't like. I'm I'm so over the character. Like I get he's over, but okay, the character itself just sucks. I'm so over. I love Rollins. I'm like biggest Seth Rollins. I think the mm-hmm. gimmick's so bad, but like. Like you said, Finn also didn't help. He's like, sing your stupid song. And they got him in line. I'm like, dude, why would you even <laughs> reference that? Like, you've been in the business forever. Like, you, would, like, what do you think was going to happen? Yeah. So that was just dumb to even reference it. And like I said, then Rollins like, just kept, like, pandering the crowd. Like, he should have either said, like, all right, let's hear what he has to say. Or just, like, try to like, drown it. Like, do something. Like, Finn was talking, but, like, you couldn't even hear what he's saying. So I get why he stopped because it was like you're talking to the wall. It was awful. It was it was like they were trying to be the post-WrestleMania Raw crowd. All right, let's hijack the segment. But it's not even like it was anything worth hijacking. And they did nothing. The performers themselves did nothing to stop it. Again, I would assume it's their fault because they didn't do shit. Maybe they were told by someone in the back, hey, just let it keep going. Maybe that was the case. And if that's the case, then they're at fault for it because it didn't... It's not like, oh, it's a spectacle. Like, he's he's just so over. Like, they just won't let him talk. No, it's just annoying. Like, listen, I agree with you. I don't love the character. It has its moments where I'm like, oh, that was... You know, I like I liked the swaggery shows and stuff like that. I'm more of a rebuild, redesign, reclaim guy, or whatever that character was from 2016. I like 2017, even 2018 Rollins. Uh, from there, it kind of goes hit or miss with, like, the Messiah stuff, which I liked for a while. And Dude, I take the Messiah over this any day of the week. I mean, I agree. I just feel like, and he knows more than anyone, I feel like. And maybe it's maybe it's not a Rollins call. I feel like it is. But, I mean, we don't really know. I don't work there. I have no clue. But he's been doing this character now. And you said this, I mean, to give you credit, that you did not like this from the moment it started. And I don't know where I stood on it at the time. I don't remember. He's been doing this for two and a half years, dude. The visionary stuff. This is how long he's been doing this shit. That's, that's how long he's been using that theme song. And it's a great song. Don't get me wrong. And again, it's over, blah, blah, blah. But it's at the point now where it's like, and Balor should have brought this up. I mean, I thought he was going, I thought he was going here with this. The theme song might be more over than he is at this point. If he changes the song, I mean, is he as over? Yeah, I think so. Cause it's Seth Rollins and I wouldn't change it just because it's annoying. I don't think he could change the character. I mean, I agree. I, I think it's fucking dumb too. But it's just, he is so over with this current role that it's like, I don't know if they can. I don't know if they will. That's the problem. Um, they kind of have to at least alter it. They, they don't have to go cold turkey, go back to like him being a heel or like change the music or go back to being like architect Seth Rollins or whatever the crap that he was doing a couple of years ago. But like they do need to, they need to tweak it. Like he's been doing the same thing for so long now. I'm not really even sure what the depth of the character is. Honestly, because like when he first started doing it a couple of years ago, it was because he was off his rocker. It was after the Rey Mysterio feud. He came back from having a baby. 
being a parent of for a fucking two month year old, of course you're going to be, you know, losing your mind and shit. I get it. But like that was years ago and he really hasn't shown much depth since then. I thought the Logan Paul feud might get him back on track as Logan Paul was kicking his ass every week and he might finally get serious, but then he didn't. He went right back to doing this crap as soon as that was, that feud was over. So I don't know. I'm glad he's over. We've talked about it before. But this segment just exhibits why they need to kind of move in a different direction. I know that sounds crazy because you're thinking, not you specifically, but like, he's so over with the song, why would you move away from it? It's because of shit like this, like it doesn't help the, it doesn't help Rollins, it certainly doesn't help his opponents. Why would, at this point, in London, I am fearful. Come that show, they will just be chanting his fucking song the entire match. And that's not even like, first of all, they're not doing it accurately, because there, there's, points in the song where it goes up and down, but wrestling fans only know, like, two notes. So it's the same thing over and over. And there's no lyrics, so it's not like they're even, like... I'll take the Judas stuff in AEW over this, which I never thought I would say, but at least they're singing this song. I don't know. I just I just don't like it either. It just very much bothers me. That match has been made official for Money in the Bank. Rollins is winning. It's Why even, why even do a prediction for it come the Money in the Bank prediction show? But what I was going to ask was, so Rollins beats... Balor at the paper. Maybe Damien gets involved. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't get involved and Balor gets pissed. I think this is leading to, and this isn't like a hot take, but Dominic and Rollins at SummerSlam with Dominic beating Cody, which was also made official on Raw for Money in the Bank. I said last week, I, I literally told you, I'm like, I don't think Cody should lose again, losing three out of his last four pay-per-view matches. I think is a little silly for a guy that went undefeated for so long and he's so over. I don't like that, even if Brock gets involved. But if they want to set up Dominic and Rollins, again, Dominic's not really a threat to the title, but he's feuding with Judgment Day right now. It makes sense. I, I guess that's the direction they're going. Do you feel the same way, or would you pivot to a different uh, direction with Rollins and Judgment Day and Dominic? Um, I mean, I think just putting my third eye out there, I think it's going to be would be Dominic and stuff. Like you said, I don't love the idea of Cody losing again, but like he keeps mentioning... And he did it this week, like, Brock Lesnar's afraid to fight me, da-da-da-da. So, like, I just have a feeling that like, Brock's going to come out at Money in the Bank and cost him the win, and that's how we'll get the third match at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. And then Dominic and Crow that he beat Cody. So, and then, then we'll get him and Rollins. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I guess you get the two most over people with different reactions, I guess, at SummerSlam. Because, I mean, Dominic's probably the most hated heel, and Seth's the most cheered for a babyface. So, I guess we'll get that dynamic, but... I like Dominic. I mean, like you said, I don't think he's really any threat to the title, but, I mean, he is in the faction that's carrying Raw, so, and he's won a lot lately, so I guess it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I know, and he's super over as a heel. Rollins, Rhodes, both over in their respective roles as well. It is funny, now that you mention that, Cody, and I agree, he has been out on Raw every week since Night of Champions saying, you know, I want to rematch with Brock. I want to rematch with Brock. Where was this shit after he lost to Roman at WrestleMania? And he he got, like, fucked out of the title at WrestleMania. He's mentioned that. He's like, oh, you know, I'm willing to accept my defeat. I'm like, dude, you didn't, you weren't beat clean. He lost clean to Brock. For all intents and purposes, he lost, he passed out to a fucking Kimura lock. I mean, there realistically, there should be a rematch so Cody can win. But from a storyline standpoint, like, realistically, he, he lost. He lost, he lost, you passed out. I know you didn't tap out, you didn't get pinned, but you still fucking lost. Maybe be yeah, a little he bit... Got hurt by, the difference is he got hurt by Brock, too. Like, Brock broke his hand. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so you're saying he broke his hand beforehand and that was his reason for losing. Is That's what right. you're getting at? Okay. I agree. I'm just thinking, like, he's he's trying to... He's out there on Raw. Basically, what I'm hearing is he's complaining, all right, you didn't beat me fair and square. 
neither did Roman Reigns, though. I know, I know they're doing that because they want to save the Roman, assuming they go back to it. They want to save it for down the road. But just like from a storyline standpoint, it's like, all right, I guess you weren't this concerned with the title. Maybe just because Brock attacked him immediately right after Mania. His focus has been on him. Whatever. But uh, it's not that big of a deal. But I assume that's where they're going with this. That's fine. That makes sense. Uh, like I said, Rollins is quite busy in the meantime, though. He's got those matches on the horizon. But even before then, he's got a busy week coming up on Raw and on uh, and, and on NXT on Tuesday night of next week. So coming up on Raw, he's got an open challenge. And they have not announced yet who it's going to be answered by. And I know that sounds like silly, like why would they announce it now? Well, then they have before. AEW does it constantly. I don't think Tony Khan knows the definition of an open challenge because he announces open challenges every fucking week. And they're immediately answered and they promote the opponent going into the show. So, I mean, I don't know. Unless Last time I checked, that's not an open challenge. I mean, I guess it is because it's being answered, but I always thought it was someone that being answering it on the show itself. But again, whatever. Um, we're getting that with Rollins next week. We could find out before then. We could find out right after this, after we're done recording here. I honestly don't know who could answer it. I thought it might be Braun, but they're saving that for NXT on Tuesday. So I saw someone mention the possibility, because they are in Cleveland, and he did tweet about it. Johnny Gargano, maybe. I, I can't even say coming back, because I know they put out a video package for him a few weeks ago. But like... I think he was in, like, a... Was he not in that battle royal? I think he was to crown the number one contender to the Intercontinental Championship about a month ago, I think, three weeks ago. So it's not even like he's been off the show for months. He's been in backstage segments. Maybe he comes back and challenges Rollins. I feel like that'd be an awesome match. Um, no story or anything, I get it. But, like, you know, they have history from Elimination Chamber. They were in that match together. And if Rollins is the fighting champion he claims to be that match would make sense. So does any name jump out to you from the raw roster that you want to see challenge Rollins, if not Gargano or anyone else? I mean, you, I honestly didn't have anyone I could even think of until you just mentioned Gargano. I would guess I was looking more for heels, but mm-hmm. like, like that's our open challenge. It doesn't totally matter, but I mean, if it's in Cleveland, I think that'd be a good idea. I thought you were going to say the Miz. I was going to be like, please fucking love a God. No, but, <laughs> but no, I'm fine with him and Johnny. I think that'd be a decent match. Dude, you know. You know, you know me. I'm the biggest Miz guy in the world. I've said this before. I don't think I have ever given less of a fuck about the Miz than I do right now. I mean, it is channel-changing material every time he's out there. And I don't think it's his fault. I mean, the segments that he's in, the tiny balls, like, that shit is so fucking bad. But he, I don't think he's won a match since December. And it's not even like, oh, you, you know, he never wins and blah, blah, blah. You know, he's a former two-time WWE champion for whatever the fuck that means. But, like, they just have no direction for him. Like, it's clear they just... I know he doesn't care because he's just a company guy and he'll do whatever they want him to do. But, like, he hasn't had direction or anything of note that really has been worth watching in... Mm, I can't say since the Logan feud, because even that wasn't good. The Dexter stuff died out quickly, and he hasn't done anything of note since then. He, he's just been just fucking awful for like a year now. I'm not saying get rid of... I mean, obviously, I would never say get rid of The Miz, but I don't know, man. I assume you feel the same way. I mean, I feel at this point, he's almost Dolph Ziggler territory, honestly. Close to it, yes. You never want to go full Dolph Ziggler. I feel like he's he's pretty close to being full Dolph Ziggler. And Dolph is still out there putting over J.D. McDonough. But Miz is practically doing the same thing at this point. I think it's a bummer because I, I still think he can be used to put other people over and be used in meaningful feuds. He's not like 60 years old. I mean, the guy's 40 now or whatever. But, you know, still, I, I still think he can contribute in a meaningful way. Um, 
but yeah, this just, it, it's not good. It's just not good at all. Whatever, whenever he's out there, I know that he's losing and I know it probably won't be good. Like the Cody match was good on Monday, but it's like, it's hard to care because Miz himself as a character has never been lower in his entire WWE career. Probably not since he first debuted almost 20 years ago. Um, speaking of Judgment Day, though, we also found out the other member, Rhea Ripley, has a new women's championship, as do Asuka, as does Asuka, rather, from SmackDown last week. So since we last talked, we talked about the Roman titles last week. This week, it was the women's championships getting a rebrand. Um, Asuka got the new, they call it the WWE Women's Championship, carrying the lineage of the Raw Women's title, which I like. They're not starting from scratch, which would be dumb. Why Why bother? Um, new belt. It's, it's the WWE title, just... You know, same yellow color in the middle, which I don't like. I know you don't mind it, but it has a white strap. And then the Rhea Ripley title, which is the Women's World Championship, which is what I expected. I don't think they would call it the World Heavyweight Championship. That just doesn't make sense. Um, They don't attach weight classes typically to stuff with the women in WWE or really any wrestling promotion, so I didn't think they would. But it's called the Women's World Championship, and it has the World Heavyweight Championship design that Rollins has, just with a white strap as well. So your thoughts on the new belts for Asuka and Rhea and the new names for both championships as well. Long overdue. Yeah, I like both of them. I think I like Asuka's better. I mean, I don't know if I love the white strap with the the way that the World Heavyweight title looks, like mm-hmm. the gold. It's just, I don't overly love it, but at least I'm glad that we got rid of like the SmackDown and Raw lineage. Or, so now we don't need the title swaps and stuff like that. So I like... I mean, it makes sense. Like, they should be, like, somewhat equivalent to the men, so it's a similar-looking title. I think I like Oscars a little bit better, but like I said, I'm glad it just kind of gets away from the whole title swap bullshit. So you mentioned it right there, and that's that was something that was said, I think, from Fightful, I believe, the idea behind the just using the same belt. I don't know if that was the mentality a couple of years ago when they started the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships, and they just used the same one from the men's and colored it white and whatever. Um, I don't know if that was the idea, but it is, they have said that now that they are using the same designs as the world championships because they want it to be seen on the same level as the men's. Would you prefer what we have right now, or would you rather see unique designs? I mean, just because I, I just because I say unique doesn't mean the designs would be good. I mean, that could it could be a lazily put together title. I would prefer unique designs. Like I'm not saying the women's championship was the greatest design of all time. That old raw, not raw, but the red belt they had for like Mickey James and Beth Phoenix and people like that. Would you prefer what we have now and it makes sense to give it the men's titles with a different color or would you prefer unique designs for both belts? Uh, I like the ones they have now. I think it's just easier. It makes sense. I, I, like, so I like the designs in general so I don't have a problem like just switching the belt color like the actual strap. Okay. Yeah, I mean listen, I, I like the World Heavyweight Championship more but I think what we have now uh, regardless is an improvement over what it was, the red and the blue, and those didn't look great anyway. So I, I like the fact they're a little bit different than before, and it's better than the Raw and SmackDown crap that they were doing uh, prior to this point. So again, I can't I can't complain too much. Uh, but I mentioned, going back to the Rollins stuff for a moment, I, I completely forgot to, to talk about this. Well, the Open Challenge and on Tuesday, so two different points here. One... Um, the Open Challenge, they announced that Logan Paul is going to be back on Raw next week for the first time since WrestleMania when he lost to Seth Rollins. I think he's from Ohio, so it makes sense why he would be there in Cleveland for that show. Um, I'm thinking if he was going to accept the Open... I mean, I guess he could. Could he come out on Raw at the beginning of next week's show and say, I want, the, I want the title match? Yeah, he could. I mean, they were already advertising, for example, Owens and Zayn versus Imperium for Monday's Raw, but it wasn't until the show itself they announced that it'd be for the tag team titles because they made it 
a tag team title match during the show. So I think it's very possible that they're not only advertising Logan as opposed to him just coming out, but they could have him answer Rollins' open challenge at the beginning of the show. So your thoughts on that being a possibility, because the last we saw Logan, again, he lost to Rollins and Mania. Maybe he wants a rematch this time for the championship. Not only that, um, but your thoughts on Logan, as far as what do you think is next for him in WWE? What what would you like to see him do next on the Raw brand, assuming he's going to be landing there going forward? Or who you want to see him feud with? That's a great question. Um, I mean, I think I don't think what he's doing on Raw will have anything to do with Raw, so I don't think that's with the direction. With him specifically, I mean, uh, it's tough because I honestly really don't know what to do with him next. I like what he's done. I like wouldn't put a belt on him right now. I just feel like if he's not there, what's the point? Like just putting a belt on him to do that. I feel like maybe going through a mid card belt, but like both champions are heel. I mean, I'm not going to turn a baby face, but yeah, I don't know. I honestly think it's like a tough situation right now with him. I, I just don't really see like a school, like something that really makes sense right off the top of my head. Assuming he comes back as a heel, which he should. No, no Gunter match. I mean, that would be a great match. And he's had a lot of good matches so far in WWE. Um, I don't need to see him facing Gunter with a heel versus heel dynamic or even worse, turning him back babyface. The problem is that Raw, because they've complained a lot, they have a lot of a lot more babyfaces than heels. But like, Rollins, they've already done that. And then him and Cody would be great, but Cody's going to be busy for a while. Dominic right now at Money in the Bank. And then, again, with Brock at SummerSlam. After that, maybe, but then why is Logan Paul coming back now if it was Cody Rhodes? So I'm assuming it's not Cody Rhodes. Looking at the mid-card, Riddle is wrapped up right now with Gunter, so he's busy. Um, Orton's out right now. You know, there's not a lot more options. He's already done the Miz thing before. Um, there really aren't... I mean, they do have baby faces. Him and Ricochet, I mean... I mean, he's in Money in the Bank anyway. Ricochet Nakamura also in Money in the Bank. So, again, why would he be back now if he was feuding with one of them? Logan Paul seems to only be coming back. I know he faced The Miz last year at SummerSlam. That was a warm-up match. But he's only really coming back for top-tier matches, whether it be Rey Mysterio or um, Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns or being in a Royal Rumble or whatever. So, honestly... You know, I saw him call a bad bunny in an interview the other day. I don't think that's where they're going with this, although that would be cool. It doesn't benefit anyone in the roster at all because they're not active members of the roster, but I wouldn't complain about bad bunny and Logan Paul. I honestly look to SmackDown. I think the Raw, Raw stuff, not saying it will be, but I wouldn't be upset if it was, if it was a red herring and he went to SmackDown instead. I would like to see Logan Paul against either probably Edge. Edge isn't, ain't doing shit right now. I don't know what their plan for him is. AJ Styles or even Bobby Lashley, because I feel like those are three top-tier babyfaces on SmackDown that are currently directionless. I guess AJ's wrapped up with Karrion Cross, but I'm not sure how much of a feud that's really going to be. Yeah, it's tough. Like I said, I just feel like I don't see like a thing that's like, oh, I'll definitely put him there. I mean, like I said, AJ and Cross, I'm going to be that. I don't know, it's tough. I feel like, like you said, Raw needs heels. But it's just like, I just don't see, like, a cha- like what babyface would even challenge him? Like, he's done Rollins, Miz, no. I mean, Mysterious, who'd he face? I don't know. It's just, I feel like right now there's not, like, a set person I'd be like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. When he came in, I feel like there were a lot more holes and, like, a lot more opponents that made sense. Like, they don't have a lot of heels. They don't really have, like, any, like, top, top babyfaces that, like, that are expendable right now. Mm. Yeah, I just feel like there's more of those people. I mean, I think him and AJ would be great, but again, he's coming back on Raw. 
So unless that's just because he's there because it's his hometown and it's a one-off and then he'll go to SmackDown soon in time for SummerSlam, then maybe. Um, I, I think Rollins is off the table. Cody, again, would be great at some point, but he'll be busy for the foreseeable future. Maybe in the fall. I don't know. I just, again, the whole championship thing, we talked about this a while ago when he resigned with the company because he, I think, outright said that he wants a championship at some point. But it's like a world championship, especially even with two titles, no. Um, a mid-card title, maybe. One, he would have to be around. I don't want to see him win it and then disappear. I, I can't imagine it'd be much worse than what Theory is doing right now, which is, let me check my notes, nothing. So I guess you could do that, but I don't know. I'm, I'm very curious to see what he does on Raw this week, but at the same time, I'm looking forward to it. Anytime Logan Paul's been involved with the company for the last year now, for the most part, um, you know, some of the week-to-week stuff on TV isn't always great. Like, the tiny bullshit, I think, came from him, actually. I'm sorry, actually, that came from Matt Riddle, but he kind of continued it. Um, and then some of the stuff with Rollins wasn't all great, but, you know, the matches have always been delivered, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he does when he comes back on Raw coming up on Monday night. And then one last thing on Rollins, like I said, facing Braun Breaker, made official for Tuesday's NXT World Heavyweight Championship, Gold Rush Show, Part 1. Listen, I'm looking forward to the match. My big criticism here, and I've said this before, I don't like the fact it's happening on NXT. I get it. They want to make the show an attraction. They want to have people watch the show, people like you and other people that don't watch the show consistently. I I understand. My problem is that, and again, maybe I'm fucking nuts here. Maybe I'm crazy because I had a lot of responses on Twitter. People agree, people don't agree, and that's fine. I just want to. I just want a discussion here. I just don't think it paints the WW or the World Heavyweight Title in the best light because you would never see Roman Reigns working Tuesdays. People painted that as well. Roman Reigns should be working more. And again, I agree he should be on the show more, but I don't think he should be on NXT. I feel like the World Title reign that he's had is above whatever the fuck they've done with the Yellow Brand in the last two years. Rollins, to me, if he's going to be taken seriously, and he is a top guy, obviously, if they want to paint the perception that the World Championship is a top-tier prize, it shouldn't, to me, be treated like an open challenge weekly defended title on Mondays and Tuesdays. I'm not saying only defended on pay-per-views, but like to go to NXT when you could just have Braun come to Raw to do the match from a storyline standpoint, to me, makes little sense. But where do you fall on this discussion? Um, I mean, I know for a fact Roman or never or Tuesdays, nor should he. Um, I guess, like, I don't, like, I don't overly hate the idea, because I feel like the way that they, like, built the championship, or, like, described, like, oh, he'll challenge anyone at any time, doesn't matter, like, it's kind of seen, like, it's not at the same level as the world, as Roman, it just, it, it literally won't until Roman loses it, but, like, I don't know, I feel like they, like, made it seem, like, more like, oh, this is, like, the workhorse champion, like, he'll defend mm-hmm. any time. Like, basically, that's, like, I, like you said, I don't think, like, putting an open challenge every week doesn't a lot of prestige, like, technically, no one has to really qualify for this thing. Just, exactly. Like, that's that's part of the problem, too, yeah. But, like, I feel like that's the way that they, like, built the title as, like, a workhorse title. Like, oh, he, he unlike Roman, like, he'll be any, like, he'll defend it every week, or, like, no challenge, like, doesn't matter the challenger, so. I mean, I don't love that idea, but, like, if you're looking for the perception of it being equal to the WWE Championship, it's just, I mean, it won't be like that. I don't think it'll be even close to that until Roman loses the belt. Yeah, listen, here's my here's my thing. I'm not complaining or have an issue with him defending the belt on Raw. Every week, mm, I don't know about that. But, like, you know, I, I understand the whole workhorse thing. And just because Roman doesn't defend on TV at all doesn't mean Rollins shouldn't. Like, I'm not saying... Like, I actually like the fact that Rollins is a different champion than Roman and that you have, like, the big boss character, the big bad whatever you want to call him with Roman, the final boss vibe. What'd you say? 
Big dog. Yeah, exactly. Big dog vibe with Roman on Fridays. And then on Rollins, with Rollins on Raw, you have, you know, he can defend it every week. He's a workhorse champion. Feels more IC title to me, but again, it's not that big of a deal. It's funny how Gunter is more, like, I mean, he defends it on TV sometimes, but he's more final boss than Rollins is. That's fine. My only thing here, the only reason I'm really complaining about this is that he's going to Tuesdays. And my issue with this is, I know, look, listen, Corbin went to NXT. Okay. I like Corbin, but like, we're, we're getting to the bottom of the barrel when we bring back like fucking Dana Brooke to NXT and stuff like that. But that's a different discussion. I'm just saying NXT, if this was NXT two or three years ago, I would, I would be fine with it. Honestly, probably I would get it. Cause NXT is a third brand. It's not a fucking third brand. I don't know if we really brought this up last week. We mentioned the Corbin thing, him going back to NXT. You didn't love it. You don't care. I get it. Most people don't. But it's not a third brand, dude. It's developmental. And I don't think, to kind of just shut this down right now, I don't think, personally, it will ever be back to what it was. What Triple H built up also had its cons. Because he built up a lot of indie guys. They didn't really... They did create stars of their own, not as many as they should have, which is the problem. I can't even say they're really doing a lot of that now. I mean, Braun Breaker's their own guy, even though he's a second-generation talent. I mean, Tiffany's their own star. Um, you know, Creed Brothers. They do have their own talent being built up. A lot of what I see in NXT is good wrestling, but a lot of it is NXT UK people or people like Wesley that were already there. Like, when we went to Battleground, how many fresh faces did they really have on that show? Let's be honest here. Carmelo Hayes came from the indie scene, and everyone else came from NXT UK, aside from Tiffany and Braun Breaker. I love the show. I thought we had a great time, but I'm just thinking... We, we got to be serious here. It doesn't feel like a third brand. They've ruined that perception a couple of years ago. And I don't think Rollins working Tuesdays like fucking shirtless Baron Corbin is going to change that perception at all. Would you agree with that or do you disagree? So I don't think it'll change the perception, but I also think like it's, I mean, I think the one thing that like saves it for me, he's facing Breaker. I mean, Breaker is yep. literally like the guy. He is like the next guy. He's like main event guy. Like I think him facing anyone else, a bit okay. But Breaker's, like, basically on... Should be on the main roster, basically, at this point. Like, he is seen as a future guy. It's not like he's facing... I don't know. Insert guy that will never be anything. I don't know. Fucking Von Wagner or something. I don't know. Yep. But, like, I think him facing Breaker, like, I don't mind it, because I think that's, like, a marquee match. Like, that could be on Raw and be, like, a really good match. I don't hate that. As, like, the... I think, like, yeah, it's never going to be what it was before, but, like, I don't think NXT really was, like... The whole thing wasn't ever supposed to get to that anyways. It just, I think what, what what happened with like the independent boom really like turned NXT into basically like a WWE run indie promotion basically when they brought in all those indie guys. Yep. It was also when the indie boom was huge. Like I don't think that was ever their like vision to become that because like I said, they did make some stars, but like most of them were just people that were in the independence for so long that finally like got a break. So I mean, and like you said, I think they do have a lot of good talent. Like, yeah, they have a lot of NXT UK people, but, like, I mean, a lot of them did go, like, they've been in the system for a while. So, like, yeah, they have had indie work, but, I mean, they've been in the WWE system probably longer than that. Like, same with Hayes. Like, yeah, he worked small independence, but I bet you he's been in NXT longer than he did that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a little bit of both. Like, some guys, like, yeah, they started NXT UK or, like, they worked, but, like, they also, like, were, like, trained there and all that stuff. So, I, I, I think it is, some people did work some independent, but, They've worked a lot longer in NXT, so I feel like you kind of got to give them some credit. I mean, Kay's obviously wasn't what he was when he came to what he has become now, so there's a little bit of work there, but I think it's always meant to be a developmental. Obviously, that little black and gold when they had like all the indie guys definitely changed that, and I feel like we never really got any like new star. Well, 
maybe some of the women, but most of the men were like, like you said, established indie guys that were like in Ring of Honor for like fucking ten years and finally got their cut. But I don't think it ever meant to be like that. But mm-hmm. which is how the indie scene like was booming at that time. It just kind of turned into it. Do you think people are spoiled by what NXT was? And not, I mean, us included. Do you think we were spoiled by what NXT was? And that's why people either think NXT is garbage right now or just a bad show. Because honestly, I watch the show weekly. Is it the best show of all the of any wrestling show I watch all week? No, far from it. But I think people kind of look at it, and it's been long enough that it's been NXT 2.0, NXT fucking 5.0, whatever you want to call it. I, I just feel like you, we have to, at this point, look at it as its own thing and not compare it to what it was. That would be like comparing, looking at Raw every week and being like, I didn't think Raw this week was amazing, but like, look at Raw last week. I thought it was a really good show. We, we both thought it was a great show. That's like saying, meh, the show is fine. It, it's nothing like what the Raw was in 98 during the Attitude Era, but it was okay. Like, no shit. Like, we're never going to go back to that. It is what it is. For better or for worse, we're never going back to that. NXT, same thing. I wish we can go back to those days. We won't. As a standalone show, though, I think it's doing what it can to put over new people, whether they come from the PC or not. And they're putting a lot of PC people on their shows. Trust me. Um, Do you think people are kind of spoiled by that and that kind of hurts the perception of NXT? Because people always associate NXT with that black and gold era that you mentioned. Yeah, but I also feel like people are so nostalgic. Do people, like, remember, like, those NXT shows, like, the weekly show wasn't, like, amazing. I, I agree. Yeah, before they went I on think, the network. Before they went on USA, I agree. I agree, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I feel like people, like, yeah. But the, I think the thing different is, like, they knew, like you said, like, it is more like, it, what it was at that time was basically, like, an indie promotion run by WWE. So, like, people, like, that hard, like, indie's more, like, hardcore fans, I would say. So, like. They love that shit, but, like, the weekly show wasn't, like, amazing. It was, like, fucking, like, four squashes and, like, maybe one good match. <laughs> it was, it was. Like, it was, was it was, like, yeah. And, and, I like, said that, yeah. But, like I said, I feel like people just, like, got nostalgic because they had, like, those guys from Ring of Honor or other promotions that, like, never got their break and they're finally in WWE in basically a glorified indie promotion. But, like, the weekly shows weren't amazing. Like, like yeah, the takeovers were really good and stuff like that, but I would even say, like, the NXT ones now have been really good, the takeovers they've had in the specials, so... Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think, like you said, I think it, the fact that it's not, like, people that cut their teeth on the indies or have, like, this big following, it just gets a negative perception. Because, like I said, is the wrestling amazing every week? No. But I think they've had, compared to what the old NXT show was, I think it's comparable or a little less than. I think they've found a fine rhythm. I think also part of the problem, and we said this when NXT was first relaunched in late 2021, I think some of the shows now are solid. I still don't think... I mean, you can you can get away with a two-hour show because they have a big enough roster at this point, even though... Listen, I agree. Here's my thing. I agree with you. I think it should be developmental. It is developmental. I don't think you should be putting a developmental show for two hours on TV. I know they already had the contract from a few years ago with when it joined USA in 2019. I get that. I just don't think the product we have right now is worthy of being on TV. And I think it should be on Peacock or something. And two hours might be a little bit long. That's my only thing. Is that we the squashes are necessary? That is what it is. It's it's just, but it's also not as compelling as SmackDown. I don't I don't really honestly, to be perfectly honest with you, they have good matches in NXT. I'm not really sure what their appeal of the show is. Is there a draw the fact that you can see the talent of tomorrow on there? I just don't think that's enough to draw people in for a two hour show. We've made we've talked about this before. I don't know how the fuck they still pull in five six hundred thousand people. I don't know where these people are coming from. And again, I like the show, but I don't think it's that... Because it's not that much lower than what they were doing two or three years ago. 
No, um, but that's the thing, though. But the thing is, like, something like that, I feel like, for me, like, I completely agree with your, like, sentiment that, like, it should realistically just be on Peacock. But if you, they already had the deal, whatever, you can't yep. change that. But, like, if you're USA Network, like, 600000 weekly on average for a show that's, like you said, glorified developmental, it's not the most amazing show ever. Like I said, I'm... Sh- I was kind of shocked. I think I like recently had seen that their ratings weren't like, I thought they'd be a lot worse than they are. So, I mean, if you're the USA network, I guess you just take it. I mean, I, I, it's, yeah, it is what it is. Like you said, you're getting 600,000 people weekly on a developmental show. I mean, I, I don't think you, you would complain. So mm-hmm. I think realistically it should be on Peacock, probably one hour and that's what it should be. But I mean, if you're going to get the viewership and it's going to get you more money, I mean, I get it. Yeah, listen, it's probably doing higher ratings than the, you know, reruns of Chrisley Knows Prison or something. You know what I mean? So, Chrisley Behind oh, yeah, Bars. Better than the Chicago Fire fucking re- re-watching. Yeah, exactly. Or SVU or whatever they got on there. Yeah, I, I don't know what, I don't know what USA is airing nowadays. I used to be the biggest USA fan. I haven't followed it beyond the wrestling stuff in a very long time. But, um, yeah, that, that's probably why. And, and just going back to the Corbin thing for a second, you know, I heard Nick Khan either the idea was or he just outright said this. That they want to ma- like they want to build the NXT brand by putting people like Rollins on there, by bringing back Corbin for a run, or God forbid Dana Brooke or Los Lothario showed up this week and uh, Mustafa Ali was on the show and has been on the show the last couple of weeks. People like Corbin, Brooke, and whatever, but like Ali, Corbin, I like Los Lotharios, I like. I don't. I I think you shouldn't go overboard with it by making the identity of the show oh it's like main event for the main roster in the sense that like all these people that can't crack it on tv or just going back to nxt i think it can be used because the, the funny thing is anyone shitting on that and i know like you might shit on corbin going there and i get that that's a corbin thing it's not the idea of them bringing back people nxt has always fucking done this they did this 10 years ago people like brodus clay came back to nxt titus o'neill came back to nxt finn balor came back to nxt in a couple of years ago when they first started, you know, doing the USA Network stuff. Cruz came back a lot. Like, this is not, like, a new thing. They've done this a lot. Bailey and Sasha were on it for a while. Bailey and Sasha came back. Emma! Remember, Emma came back from the main roster. She got another rerun on NXT five, six, seven, eight years ago. Like, this is far from a new thing where they bring people back from the main roster. I like that approach um, as far as rehabbing those people, either having them put other people over in NXT, giving them seasoned people to work with, uh, what's your mentality on that? I just wouldn't want them to go overboard with it. Like when Corbin's out there in fucking gym shorts, um, beating Ilya Dragunov, you know, I kind of, I might draw the, draw the line there and I'm a Corbin defender. I like Corbin a lot, but like that shit, it's not like he's in bad shape. I saw people saying like, oh, he's fat. Like I'm not talking about like he's fat or anything. I'm just saying the attire is just like, <laughs> like, now you talk about like an indie fed. I thought I was watching an indie fed on Tuesday. Like what the fuck is this shit? But where do you draw the line? Are you in favor of it or are you not in favor of it? Um, I don't mind it. Like you said, I think depending on the people, I mean, I don't know what the success rate has been bringing people back. I don't think it's that good. True. Thinking it, but like, I think it is a nice place for like someone like Corbin or like someone that just like hasn't got their, like he obviously had his footing, but like it's been a fucking downward spiral since. So Maybe it's something that can help, like, gain momentum or, like, kind of, like, change his character. Like I said, him in gym shorts, like, looks like he's, I don't even know what that look was. But, like, stuff like that's definitely not going to help. But, like you said, maybe, like, going back, like, maybe he can revitalize himself a little bit. I mean, I think that's what the whole point of it is. I just don't think, like you said, the success rate's never been, like, overly great. So I don't see, like, 
how successful it's not like we've really seen too many people like come back like Finn's probably the only one that I feel like you really didn't even have to go down like mm-hmm. they just didn't have anything to do with them like Corbin's like he's literally at the lowest part of his career Dana Brooke probably should never got called to begin with like yep. Mustafa Ali got he was in 205 Live and just never got his footing Los Lotharios never really had a chance like it's just I don't know it's just the people they're bringing down I feel like I get it but like I don't see it ever paying off, I guess. Yeah, no, I am curious to see what happens with it, just because with the people that you mentioned, like, I am curious what their idea is. Like, is it to build NXT? Is it to rehab that person? Or is it to benefit the talent that are there? I think it's a combination of all three in their eyes. But I think it might, the only per. I mean, does it help NXT? No, I don't think so. Has it made the show better? When Corbin's out there in gym shorts, the answer is no, at least to me. Um, I like Corbin being back in NXT. I've said that. I just the presentation is just terrible. Um, does it benefit the talent? Yes, I do think it does. I think it helps them work with people that haven't that have been on the main roster. I mean, does Hayes need to be working with him? No, because Hayes is already great. Um, people that aren't experienced, yeah, like Trick Williams, for example. Trick Williams, I think, can benefit from wrestling people like Corbin. Corbin's not Bret Hart. But he is more experienced than most people he's probably working with in NXT. He's also had main roster experience. Is it benefiting the talent themselves? That is the question. Like you said, you said they don't have the greatest record with that, track record. I agree with that. I mean, you look at Cruz. Cruz, I enjoyed his run in NXT. He got brought back to the main roster in the draft. I'm not really sure why. He was on Raw one week, lost to Dominic, and I think I spotted him on main event when I was there last week in Hartford. So... I mean, he's not there consistently yet. Yet is the key word. But I'm also thinking, okay, like, what are we doing here? Uh, so I love the discussion in NXT. We don't talk about NXT often enough. I'm very curious to see how it shakes out. I, I love the live specials. Listen, we were there for Battleground. Thought it was a great show. They got Great American Bash coming up in two months, or not even, like a month and a half in late July. So uh, the Gold Rush shows, I mean, the matches you listed off earlier have potential, so I'm looking forward to those. And if those can be anything like the old, I mean, again, you can't compare it to the NXT of old, but... As long as it's a good, competent, enjoyable show, then I really don't care. And we're also getting to see the development of some of these stars that, you know, are ready for that next step. People like Roxanne, who had experience prior to WWE, but she's great. Blair Davenport, uh, Tiffany has potential. Lyra, I know you're high on, so, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how NXT shakes out going forward. Um, As we wind down here, don't need a full-on review, but I watched Dynamite earlier. I I really liked the show, honestly. It was all over the place. It was frantic as fuck. Um, but I thought they had a great show. I thought the MJF Cole match was one of Cole's best matches since coming to the company. I completely forgot about the idea of um, uh, of them wrestling to a time limit draw and that protecting MJF and defeat and Cole. So I, I love that. You know, I was joking earlier before we hit record. You're like, Sting and Jericho. Eh, it was intriguing, but I'm like, yeah, as a match, man, probably not. Tony and Sky Blue, don't really care. Wardlow and Jake Hager, don't really care. But they kept that stuff to a minimum. I like the main event. Um, they announced more stuff for Collision. Andrade's on the show, and fucking Miro, the WWE cast-offs are on the show, so that should be interesting. Um, you know, uh, Osprey showed up at the end, Eddie Kingston came back, they announced stuff for Forbidden Door. Quite the eventful Wednesday night. If you caught the show, Mr. Marceau, what were your thoughts? If not, what have you heard? And, and again, what were your takeaways? No, yeah, I thought MJF and Cole was good. I, I mean, I, I'm not a big time limit draw guy. I... I I don't know. I don't care for it. I know, like, they used to do in the territory and stuff like that. I mean, I get, like I said, like you said, I get it. Like, they don't want Cole to lose. They don't want MGF to to lose either. But, I mean, 
just don't do the match at that point. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I thought it was a good match for what it was. Like I said, I guess it'll just obviously continue somewhere. Like, MJF didn't lose, but Cole didn't lose either, so he'll get his title match coming up soon. Um, the Jericho thinks, I mean, I, I guess. I, 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 I'm not overly excited to see it. I mean... I feel like everything Jericho's touched lately has been awful. I guess things kind of at the end of his career, so it's not like he's going to really ruin him. But I guess that's probably the only positive. Um, like you said, the whole like Eddie Kingston stuff. The, the problem I have with the show is just like they're just so focused on setting up Forbidden Door. I just feel like it's where was this for Double or Nothing? Like that's like I guess I my agree. I agree. And like it's not even like it has any story. Like it's just a super show. And at the end of the day, it's not even like it has like any. <laughs> effect on yeah. the company itself like there's no like i don't know like i guess that's the thing that really bothers me it's like i want them to succeed but it's like when you're more worried about like an like a little super indie show like instead of your own paper like it makes no sense you think it'd be the opposite around like they put more effort into their own show than like a dream match show that really has no implication on their tv but it's just i don't know i i understand like they like want love the whole new japan thing but i don't know i feel like you should worry about your tv more than like I said, a, a program that, like, yeah, it's it's going to do good. And, like, obviously it draws well. It sold out, yada, yada, yada. But when you can't even do things on your own program, let alone just for this special program, it just seems, like, bizarre. Yeah, I forgot that Double or Nothing even happened. That was only two, three weeks ago. But it already feels like an afterthought. I mean, we've had a lot of wrestling since then. I get it. But, I mean, this show, even though it has no storyline significance, already feels more important and more exciting than anything that they were building up, for the most part, heading into Double or Nothing. And I know they have the opportunity to kind of do what you said and have a more significant show with All In coming up in London at the end of the year, or end of the year, end of the end of the summer. In August, they have Collision, and they've got the Owen Hart Tournament, and other stuff to look forward to this summer, which, I, you know, all great stuff. It is funny, though, they are... It, it This is a rushed build for Forbidden Door, but, like, they really went all out last night with the show... Um, doing crazy stuff and announcing matches and uh, bringing people back. And, and I just, I don't know. It's it's interesting that we're getting a hotter build for this, even in the span of three weeks, or four weeks, rather, than we ever did for Double or Nothing, which had like a two- or three-month build. And we had build for that show. It just wasn't great. I think my biggest problem, and we've said it before, and we'll kind of end on this, I really like this show. My problem with AEW is that when I didn't watch the show live, Seeing stuff like this makes me want to watch the show live more. The problem is that their shows are just so fucking inconsistent. I know you could say the same thing with Raw, but like, or any wrestling show even, but I just feel like with Dynamite specifically, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, it's either really, really eventful on a week like this, or you get to a week where like nothing happens and they have matches that just don't matter. And we've said this before, I just don't like when they stack a show like this, I've got two or three title matches and pay-per-view worthy matches, and then we get to next week and it's like Orange Cassidy versus Lee Moriarty. No, it happens. I mean, I think there's a lot of, like, hot shotting going, and then the next week, like you said, it was like, we'll get three or four title matches, and then the next week, I'm trying, they had a show just recently that was, like, the definition of what you're saying. They had a show that was, like, a ton of title matches, and then the next week it was, like, Sky Blue versus, like, Tony Storm, who didn't even have the title at the time, mm-hmm. like... The, I was trying to think who else it was. It was just like a bunch of random matches. Like the, someone versus like the Butcher and Blade. Like yeah. Just a random mosh posh show. And it's like, then the next week will be like 17 titles on the line. And like everyone that you love's coming back. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's very inconsistent on that end. And I completely agree. They just need to do a better job of spacing it out. And just having like a big match this week, a big match next week. Something to look forward to. 
Um, I forgot what they even advertised for next week, to be honest with you. I know they they were... Their, their focus was on building up Collision, which they announced most of what we're getting on Saturday. We're getting Wardlow and Luchasaurus, finally, for the TNT title. We are getting Andrade coming back against Buddy Matthews. Um, we are getting Miro in action. We're getting Sky Blue and Willow against Tony and Ruby. And then, obviously, the aforementioned main event of Punk and FTR um, and Jay White. Juice Robinson, and Samoa Joe. The video package for which was great. And we also heard from Punk very briefly, which surprised me. I was not expecting that. Punk, we did hear from very quickly on the show. I heard he got more booed than cheers. He got more boos than cheers in the building. So, I mean, I think he'll be cheered in Chicago, but you never know. What do they call it when they're in Canada or in, like, London and WWE goes there? They call it Bizarro World or whatever. It should be interesting on Saturday come collision. I don't think I'll be watching the show live weekly. I mean... These fucking shows, man, like, they have show. Like, there's wrestling at this point, like, almost on every day of the week. It's kind of crazy. Um, the LA, I mean, Collision should be an important show. If it, if it quickly gets relegated to Rampage territory where it just isn't important, then, I mean, I'll, I watch the shows anyway, but, like, I probably won't make an effort to watch it live. This week, I'll probably attempt to watch live, but we'll see. Um, that being said, I look forward to the show coming up next week. We have Forbidden Door predictions on the pay-per-view. Not on the pay-per-view. The Forbidden Door pay-per-view next weekend. Predictions for that pay-per-view coming up on the show next week. Money in the Bank soon after that on the following weekend over uh, Memorial, uh, not Memorial Day, 4th of July weekend. So lots to look forward to, Mr. Marceau. I'm excited for it. Thank you for joining me as always. New episodes every single Thursday. WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, and Pandora. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss new episodes every single Thursday. Uh, enjoy the weekend, Mr. Marcel. I'll catch up with you next week. How's it going, man? Peace, brother.